Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hi, and welcome to AutoLine Daily for Monday, August 4th. I'm Barbara Banier, filling in for John the next few days while he covers the annual Center for Automotive Research Conference in Northern Michigan. And now today's news. Well, as we expected, car sales last month in the American market remain strong. Wards reports that automakers sold over 1.4 million vehicles in July, a gain of nearly 5% compared to last year. That translates to a SAR, or seasonally adjusted annual rate, of 16.4 million units. Subaru led all car makers last month, posting a 22% increase in sales. Mitsubishi continued its sales resurgence in July and boosted sales nearly 17%. Fiat Chrysler was next with over a 15% increase in sales, and rounding out the top five were Mazda and Daimler. Despite the overall market being up, some automakers saw their sales decrease. Tesla was the biggest loser, with close to a 30% drop. Volvo continued to see its sales slide, posting a 20% drop in sales. The Swedish automaker was followed by Volkswagen, whose sales fell 18%. Honda was down over 7%, and Hyundai also saw its sales slide a little. There are a few different kinds of head-up displays, but they haven't changed too much over the years, until now. Supplier company Continental has come up with a new augmented reality HUD system that can display all kinds of things to aid the driver. It displays the distance you should stay behind the vehicle in front of you, lets you know if you are traveling too close to lane dividing lines, or it can even work with the navigation system to show directions. This system seems pretty cool, and we think it would be great for beginner drivers, but we just wonder how well it would work if lane markers are faded or if the ground's covered in snow. Continental says its augmented reality HUD will be ready for production in 2017. There are places to go to drive vintage cars and even to ride in historic airplanes. But we just learned that you can also go drive a tank. <laughs> yeah, you heard me right, a tank. There are several places around, but we caught wind of the appropriately named Drive a Tank, which is located in Minnesota. Just look at this video. It appears to be a real blast, <laughs> no pun intended. And you can even run over a car. Depending on how many tanks you want to drive, and if you want to crush a car, packages will range from about $400 to $2,500. Coming up next, a look at how automakers can save billions through improved supplier relations. Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. It's time again for the biggest movable feast, of metal that is, it's the Woodward Avenue Dream Cruise. Join John McElroy along with a million of his closest friends and eight lanes of classic cars all coming to you on Friday, August 15th at 4 p.m. Eastern. It's the 2014 edition of Auto Line Live from Woodward, where hot rods are welcome.
Research firm Planning Perspectives just released a report that measures how much money automakers can save through improved supplier relations. John spoke with the CEO of the company, John Hankey, to get the scoop on the report. Take a look. Doesn't it seem intuitive to you that if you were an automaker and had great relations with your suppliers, that it would be better for you? And if you had worse relations, it would be worse? Could you put a dollar figure on that? Well, I'm talking with somebody who's done just that. John Henke is the CEO of a company called Planning Perspectives. He's been coming out with supplier surveys and measuring their relationships with automakers for years now. But now, John, you've got to talk about this new way of measuring the financial contribution of having good relations. How did you go about doing that? Well, it is, it is quite exciting because after working for eight years on the project, we've been able to unquestionably relate profitability, OEM profitability, to the relations that they have. And this was the result of being able to bring together data that other people have not gathered, and that is our relationship data with price concession data that we have uh, gathered in our annual study, with the, the fact that we can quantify now, and we have learned how to quantify the non-price benefits, such as the sharing of new technology, such as supplying uh, the A team to work with the uh, OEM instead of the B team, such as opening up and being more, more uh, honest with the information that you're providing to the OEM, so that we can in fact realize that there is a very specific profit associated with those activities to the point in fact that the price concession is one important uh, aspect of the profitability. Uh, contribution, but the non-price is even greater than that. It can be up to 10 times what they get in, in the price concession. So the net result being, it's incredibly simple. The better the relations, the more money the suppliers uh, contribute to the bottom line. So if you have good relations, I'm a supplier, you're a car company, I like working with you, I show you my latest technology, if you have a problem, I, I put my A-team on it to fix it as soon as possible, and you're saying that that dollar value is way more than if I cut my prices because you need a, a lower price for Oh my. yeah, there's no question about that. The, the price concession is important, but it is, it is literally minuscule compared to all the other benefits that suppliers can bring and do indeed bring to the OEMs. And this is data that we got from their financial books. I mean, it is right there. It's staring them in the face. Nobody knew how to pull that out because that's something that doesn't say explicitly on the income statement what it's worth, but we figured out a way how to do that. And in fact, we found that to be the case. So give me some examples. What kind of value are we talking about here? I, I think one example, you've got uh, Concerns Chrysler, in fact. Oh, yes. In fact, we went back and, uh, in fact, Tom Stahlkamp and I and a, and a colleague from Rutgers University wrote about what happened to the relations and the operating profit of Chrysler from the early 90s during the, the Helsing years to when Daimler Chrysler took over and then Daimler Chrysler management took over and in fact what happened is that the relations with suppliers plunged, they got even worse when they were with Cerberus and then they started coming back and are now much better under the Fiat uh, 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 merger. Well the result being is that things went so far south economically paralleling the trust that when you go back and we did the analysis we found out that over the period from about 2008 until 2012, if Chrysler had maintained the, the, the trust of their suppliers that they had gotten themselves back to under fiat for that period of time, they would have made $1,000 more 
or realize $1,000 more in supplier contributions to the profitability of each vehicle, which would have translated into, because they produced 24 million vehicles, $24 billion more they would have made during that time that they didn't make because of the adversarial relations that the Daimler management and the Cerberus management brought with them. $24 billion is a huge number, a huge oh, number. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I'm sure people are going to want to learn more about this. Where can they find more about well, this? Well, we've, we've got the news release on our, um, uh, on our website that they can do that. Uh, they can look there and, you know, read all about it. So uh, the website is ppi1.com, and that's Planning Perspectives, Perspectives Incorporated. Inc. Yeah, yeah. One.com. So PPI1.com. I, I highly advise you all running out there and looking. This is some of the most dynamite research I've seen in a real long time. John Henke, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you, John. Well, that wraps up today's show. I'm Barbara Banier, and I'll be filling in for John again tomorrow. I look forward to seeing you then.